Welcome to episode 78 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Todd, I don't know if I've ever needed our moment of zen that we have at the end of episodes so much. <laughs> I had okay. some really tough sessions today <laughs> with wow. some really hard behavior issues. And so I wanted to take a minute to talk about some things to do and maybe not to do after <laughs> how mine went today <laughs> with, with students with behavior issues over telepractice, because I feel like that's something that um, people worry about a lot. The first thing I will say is I feel like they have come up a lot less than I was thinking of when I planned on doing telepractice. Overall, kids do pretty well. I think the fact that it's on a computer is engaging. They um, Most of the time they want to be there or will tolerate being there with my <laughs> Uh, middle school and high school students, but I, I don't have as many problems as I think I would. But some tips on what to do. My first one is to have a really good relationship and a good way to contact your people that are there in person. So know who to call, know how to get a hold of them quick. So when those issues come up where you really do need someone on the ground to handle something, that you have that. So I've had, you know, sometimes it's the school secretary, sometimes it's another special education teacher, sometimes it's just a paraprofessional. Um, it can be anyone, just as long as you have a good relationship with them and a good way to get a hold of them quickly for when those things come up. Uh, so some other things that I then looked at, um, I went online and looked for some things too. So there was, you know, with everyone being online, there's a lot more about out about how to deal with student behaviors in an online learning platform. So there's alldigitalschool.com that had an article that was eight ways to handle, um, they said, naughty student behaviors in online classes. <laughs> so uh, they talked about looking at why the student is misbehaving and making sure that you're addressing that. Um, they talked about setting clear expectations of things like, you know, I want you to raise your hand to be called on if we're in a group session or, uh, you know, I need your video on, I need your mic on, setting those clear expectations beforehand. It talked about giving better instructions so they know exactly what they're supposed to do, uh, doing things like making eye contact when you make give instructions, which is sometimes weird and different. When we're online, we have to make sure we're looking into our camera and not at ourselves or at the picture of the person. Um, breaking tasks into chunks or uh, asking your student to restate what they were doing. Um, another thing can be talking to them in private. So if it was a group session and they were misbehaving, pulling them aside after and talking to them, uh, bringing difficult students close to you is what you would do in person. A way that they said to do that online is making sure that uh, 
you can see them, they're on the camera. Also maybe having that support person scoot closer to the person. So they know like, Hey, she's right behind me. I'm not going to be able to get away with anything that can help too. Uh, they talked about creating daily schedules, helping them understand right from wrong, being a good role model. And then just also accepting that everybody has a bad day. And there's some days where you're just not going to be able to fix it. So, but today I had a student that almost every time I would talk, he would start talking, which is somehow even more annoying online because I can't hear him at all when he talks while I'm talking. And I know he can't hear me when he talks while I'm talking. So there was that. And then like, we got to a point where I was asking more, I kind of finished the lesson and was asking for more participation. And the student kind of just sat there and waited out the clock. He knew when it was time to go and that if he just sat there until it was time to go, he wouldn't have to do anything. So there will be some emails home to some parents and some and some uh, principals tonight. But and that which is another way, you know, when things just go wrong, you need to make sure that you let people know that you have a relationship with that school, that they will back you up and let uh, people know so that can hopefully get better next time. <laughs> well, those are, those are great suggestions. The The only one I would add is, is have a priest on speed dial because I think <laughs> an exorcism might be required along the way. Every now and again. Thin or, you know, Bless me. What was there's the there's the um, TikTok audio that says the I'm gonna let God handle this because if I handle it, I'm going to jail. And if nothing else, you can be really glad that you're not there in person, so you can't hit them. <laughs> Some days I'm just grateful for that. I can't strangle anybody through the camera. So maybe they could get it's like a we could build a platform to have a little electric shock or something. You can just push a little button when they're right. Is that too much We're, to ask? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, we we kid. We know that everyone is gonna have kids occasionally that will act up. We're not right supportive of any of that. But yeah, uh, yeah. And it's a lot of this tips are the same as if you were in person. Sometimes mm -hmm, you just mm -hmm. have to, you know work around the fact of being online. But I would say like, it really is less of an issue than I thought it would be. I feel like that's one thing that people say about telepractice all the time is, well, what would you do if your kid misbehaves? And it really has not come up as much as I think people think it will. Right. And, and what you've always said is that, you know, telepractice, it's computer, it's online. Mm -hmm. Most kids are excited to do that and right. will be engaged throughout the right. session but every now and again <laughs> there's yeah. that one kid for whatever reason may not be into it uh that day or that session right. and right. you're gonna have some issues but right yeah I, and, and I get I get I certainly see the same thing you know usually they're you know really excited to do it it was you know once every three or four months maybe there's you know a kid who gets bored or, you know, doesn't like the activity that we've put together or yeah. is really interested in going and doing something else that we pulled him away from for that session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes that just leads to some behavioral issues. So. Yep. Yep. And I do try to, when I can, 
um, bring in those things that are their other interests or look at what I'm doing and think, am, am I being interesting enough? Am I being engaging enough? Do I need to change something about the way I'm doing therapy to help them behave better? And just remembering that too, not putting it all on the student and that, you know, I keep doing what I'm doing and they never behave. Is, is there something that you can change about the way that you're presenting your materials too? And telling the parents don't, you know, let them play video games like Call of Duty before they come to your session. <laughs> right. I Yeah. Yeah. Setting yourself up for success instead of setting yourself right. up for failure is good, too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the only thing that I just wanted to mention uh, with some of the stuff that we're hearing at the federal level, you know, now we have an infrastructure bill that's been signed. And the way that is going to impact telehealth and telepractice is that there's considerable funding in the bill and the legislation that will help with broadband connections. Oh, great. And, and so it's really, and not only sort of upgrading our electrical grid, but also sort of upgrading the national grid for online uh, connections and, and broadband. Mm -hmm. And so improving uh, broadband connections in more rural areas and, and doing other things. So, you know, hopefully as, as the money starts uh, filtering down to states and localities that we'll start to see over the next year to two years, you know, improved broadband connections and that everyone will be, or at least maybe not everyone, but, you know, hopefully a, a 99% or so will have access to really good broadband. That's my hope. And that's, yeah. that's just going to further support uh, telehealth, telemedicine, and of course, what we're doing with telepractice. Yep. Yep. And a lot of education things too. Uh, yes. And all the online learning, the school districts and everything mm -hmm. that's happening. So I'm, I'm uh, excited about seeing where all this goes just because of that funding. So it'll be interesting. Um, on the podcast today, I'm excited as well for our guest we have Barbara Fernandez, and, and Barbara, uh, as you may know of, is uh, sort of one of the people, a key person behind Smarty Ears and uh, those apps, uh, that suite of apps that you can get uh, that are all designed for speech language pathologists. And then she also has uh, a newly released, a fairly new release, newly released a platform for telepractice called the Speech Language Academy. And so she's going to be on to talk about all of that stuff and uh, sort of her journey to get where she is right now. It's really interesting. So I'm looking forward to everyone hearing her story. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I just wanted to reach out to you, our really talented, wonderful listeners that we have, and just ask you if you want to join us. Yes. Would you like to be a content creator for the 3C Digital Media Network? We need you. We need content creators to come and join us. So if you have a blog, a webinar, a course, or maybe even a podcast that you'd like to do, we would love to speak with you. So please, if you have some ideas, email me at todd, T-O-D-D, -D, at 
3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and I'll reach out and we can have a conversation. And so hopefully we could have you develop whatever you'd like to develop and work with us. Again, Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and I will be in touch. Now, back to the interview. So Barbara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Can you share more about how you became a speech language pathologist? And then we'll get into some other things you've been doing. First of all, thanks for having me here today. Um, me becoming a speech pathologist. Well, I'm originally from Brazil. So um, I went to school back there as I was just 17 years old. And you have to choose your major as soon as you get to college. There is no changing your mind. For you to change your mind, you have to really start over, um, take exams, and hopefully get accepted again from the beginning. Um, I knew that I wanted to be in health professions and kind of in order of elimination. I think I just land on this profession that it's so um, diverse that allowed me to find a passion within the profession. And I finished my undergraduate in Brazil, which is kind of a combined undergraduate and master's program. Once you finish, you become an audiologist and a speech pathologist at the end of the four years program. Um, Then I was part of an exchange student program to come here and work on uh, bringing AAC back to Brazil. It was an exchange student program at Temple University. I was supposed to be there for just a semester back in 2004. I was 21 years old. And at the end of that program, my university in Brazil was in strike. So I couldn't go back and kind of wrap up my undergraduate last semester. So I finished my undergraduate at Temple and got accepted for my master's with a full scholarship. And that's kind of how it ended there in the beginning of becoming an SLP. Sounds great. So, so where did you work in the field initially as an SLP? I worked, yeah. So in the beginning, once I graduated, um, my master's had an emphasis in um, bilingual uh, services at uh, Texas Christian University. So my placement was at a public school in a school, Texas. I worked primarily as a bilingual evaluator for the whole district um, because I had learned Spanish in that process between learning English and learned Spanish at kind of the same time uh, while I was getting my undergraduate and my master's. Um, I'm sorry. What what was your uh, first language? Is it Portuguese? Language is Portuguese. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what, that's the only language that is spoken in Brazil. Um, and a lot of people don't know because, you know, they assume me in South America, Spanish must be mm-hmm. what you speak. Yep. Um, and so I worked in the public schools and in that process, um, slowly becoming more in an evaluator position because there was a huge need for assessing kids early on in both languages, Spanish and English in this area of Texas, uh, but pretty much anywhere in Texas, actually. Um, And while I was working in public schools, 
I got my first salary and got my first iPhone. And that was one of my <laughs> very first purchases as a broke recent grad. Um, and I was like, hmm, I guess we could use this for therapy. And I remember people um, thinking it was insane, the thought of handing this expansive device and utilizing it as a therapy tool, right? There was no iPad back then. It was just this iPhone that was super expensive. It was the most expensive property I owned back then. Um, and I had filed for forming a business, which was for, for something completely different than what I ended up doing. Hired somebody off of Craigslist back then. <laughs> and I had this idea for an app for articulation. And I said, you know what? Uh, you know, I sat for hours figuring out words and doing all this. I hired a programmer. We worked together. And I published my first app on the App Store while I was working in public schools. So what was the name of that first app? That app was called Articulated, and it's still articulated. It, it's gone through a lot of changes from, mm -hmm. that was 2010, not 2009. That was 2009. Wow. And it's, you know, 12 years. It's just crazy. Then mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, in that process, um. I, you know, I, my thought was, I'm just going to release this app that I, it's really useful for me, tracks data, it, you select your phone name and uh, I'm going to have extra vacation money. <laughs> it's going to be great vacation money. I love to travel, I work in the schools and things, people start to really like the app and start picking up. Then the iPad came out. And the rest is just history. It's just, but no, I had no idea what I was doing. I so from that. Yeah, so from Articulated, you have then the iPad. So now you have this new way of sharing the app. And it just explodes, I would assume. It, it just, just apps and everything. And so from there, did you set up Smarty Ears from that, because of that app or the more stuff happened and then Smarty Ears came came along. So Smarty Ears actually, interestingly, was an idea that I had uh, to create this program, which is where the name Smarty Ears came from, which ended up being something that I never ended up doing anything with um, because the company was already formed before I created the app. I had filed for, for the formation of that business. And it, I wanted to make a program for kids to retain their ability to listen to different phonemes through being exposed to different languages and try to sustain that until they are at an age where they can actually learn different languages while retaining that ability to separate distinct phonemes. And so that was, that's why my business name is called Smarty Years is through this program that I was hoping to develop one day, which never came to fruition. Um, and the apps just kind of started piling up under that, you know, the business name. Um, but it's interesting how they, even the company didn't really, wasn't built to develop apps is just kind of things just kind of came together 
um, at the same time. So, so where does this entrepreneurial spirit come from? Your parents or just something deep inside you just want to create and build a company? Um, I am not sure, actually. Um, I think for me, um, part of it is not being the, the, the typical SLP that is really good with crafts. <laughs> And is, you know, I was always felt different than my peers in school. I was totally incapable of cutting and gluing and making pretty things with paper. So technology and games became kind of an outlet for me in therapy, right? So I was pulling up CD-ROMs of Sims. I don't know if you've heard of that game. Like, oh, yeah. I, and I would do <laughs> therapy with Sims. I'm a gamer, right? <laughs> And so I found myself already using these traditional mainstream games. Um, and I was already, right before I started my business, uh, my dad passed and I needed a break from graduate school. And I decided to do a, to come up and invent a reason to take a break from graduate school, which was traveling to Europe for a semester and uh, seeing speech pathologists in different countries in Europe and seeing how they handle, you know, the immigrant population, how they dealt with so many different languages and things like this, especially because my program was a bilingual program. And they said, okay, Barbara, it's fine, just go. Um, and in that process, I met this lady in London that worked really near the airport and she was receiving a lot of uh, patients coming from the airport with a stroke and different things that would, would lend to her. And she had a caseload of at least 15 languages. And, and she was using Rosetta Stone to do assessment and treatment using family members and to determine their language skills and all of that. And when I came back and started working, I also found myself using Rosetta Stone as another tool, you know, so I'm constantly using technology and, and different mainstream tools in therapy. And I think for me, when I saw the touchscreen and how fascinated kids were by that medium, it was so much better than me running and putting in a CD-ROM and, and so freaking slow, right? You could go to the app store and download an app. It, it just seemed perfect, right? And um. Things just kind of worked, and I'm very much a risk taker. I mean, I moved to a new country. I barely spoke any English when I came here. And I think taking risk and the, the combination of being in the right place with an environment that this country is, uh, really allows people to start a business super easily. You can just go on the internet and just file your business. It's easy, right? Um, I was young. I had recently married. So it just felt, things just fell into place. Um, it, it, it just kind of worked. Yeah. I so that. I think that's kind of the, the super long answer there. No, I love it. And I love the idea that like, you know, like te marrying technology with what we do as speech language pathologists, that's 
you know, my husband is a technology teacher in high school and it's something that I was always interested in. And just like the idea of embracing that and embracing that it's what our kids want and are interested in too, instead of being like, you know, there's balance in all things, but instead of trying to act like technology is something that we should try and get them away from all of the time, that it can be something we use as a tool. Yeah. Now there's so much on what, what you just said, as far as, you know, the need for balance and, um, of course, the life that our kids live today with the life that I saw and experienced putting my own hands in the touchscreen device for the first time in my 20s, right? right. Uh, versus my, I have a seven, I have an almost eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, this is, I mean, we, we grew up in completely different worlds where right. I saw the iPhone and I'm like, wow, you can touch this. Yep. And for those kids that I served 12 years ago when I created my first app, their experience is very different than when, when my son goes to therapy today to use an iPad mm-hmm. with it. Both of my kids go to speech therapy. Um, and so I'm sure for them, the experience is different just because of how much technology they, they use on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not going anywhere, right? And the, the number of advantages that we have been able to have in our profession because of technology from even when I think of the app that I created 12 years ago, it already had automatic data collection, select by sound. I mean, back then we were still working. I mean, picking up flashcards, a deck for initial B, and it was like, you know, 20, 30 words that you hope that it will last three years, your deck of initial beast cards, right? The right. thought that you could open a touchscreen device anywhere, you select any sound, and all of a sudden you have, you know, 2,000 words at your disposal with right. a right and wrong button. And it was very basic, right, um, to what that same app offers today, which has video monitoring. There is... Um, video modeling because now we been able to sit and have actors record all the 4,000 words in it where wow. kids can see themselves. They, they can see themselves. They can see a model of an actor producing that word. Um, and voice recording, video recording themes. You now if it's Thanksgiving, they can select, change the whole theme and then have uh, a Turkey gobble sound as they press the button. I mean, it's just the progression of how these apps and technology have evolved to support kids to be interested and continue to make progress is just incredible. Great. So you have the articulation app. What other things um, can people go and find from your app store and from your your company? So in the last 12 years, I've worked uh, and published more than 60 apps. Wow. So, you know, in the early days, I had apps for, you know, WH questions and verb tense. Then I started, SmartEase became more of a publisher of apps. Mm-hmm. I would work with an SLP, for example, that is, uh, does a lot of work with social skills. And so they would develop the content that would go, which would be 2,000 questions with three answer choices. We need an SLP to develop that content. And it goes through my team and I, me and her would sit and work on 
what is the logic of this? What is a theme? What is the age group here? The theme needs to be more for an older kid type of theme. And then we develop more of a Harry Potter style feel and look on the app um, to more recently, uh, as of 2018, 2019, I got an NIH grant to develop an app called Listening to Faces. And it's an app that is an auditory training um, for speech perception and background noise. Completely out of my comfort zone as an SLP, I had an audiologist as part of my team. Um, and it was heavily funded. It was one of the most expensive projects I worked on. And it went a clinical trial. And, you know, that kind of just closed at the end of the summer with COVID and all of that. But I have been fortunate enough to work in apps either for adults with aphasia, assessments for articulation, assessments for language screeners, uh, bilingual assessments for articulation that gotten standardized. So I've had my hand in a lot of different apps on the App Store, and they're all under Smart Ears. And that was my first business that I do have a secondary business that is kind of was born out of that, but it's different. So let's talk about that one. Okay. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking, though. Okay. Um, in around 2014, um, you know, if you imagine, I have, I, have an apps, I have apps for AAC. I have an app called Custom Boards that allows students to, allows uh, SLPs to create uh, visual support materials. And over the years, we had a library of visuals and symbols that I created for my own business for Smart Ears, which SLP said, we want to use it. So I started seeing and all of a sudden became a secondary separate business called Smarty Symbols. And today it's its own platform, web-based platform that SLPs and SPED teachers go to create visual support materials, and it has now 30,000 symbols that we license to AAC manufacturers, to other app developers. And that's a second business that was born out of Smarty Years, but it's, it became a completely different kind of business entity in the AAC world there. Nice. Yeah. That's a, I was thinking when you were talking about technology and just how doors that open, you know, uh, apps in kids' hands is... AAC is such a huge thing when we think about how much, I mean, devices still cost when they're specialized, but just the ability to like, we're going to buy a kid an app iPad so we can at least what they could do with um, assistive technology and assistive speaking devices. Uh, that's one of those things that I just think has changed kids' lives with the way that we're able to use that now. It has changed not only kids' lives, like when you think you, you adults, think it's yeah, an entire yeah. industry, it's just how the industry functions, the right. prices of these devices, accessibility. Now, finally, individuals around the world. And it, to me, it was really nice because it brought back on the reason why I came to this country, which was, I mean, Brazil had no AAC whatsoever, no digitalized. So if you wanted to make, it was all like, we'd go to a magazine and cut pictures and that would be I mean there was nothing standardized wow. right so wow. my, yeah. my member coming here and doing my first internship as part of this program going to the school system 
it's amazing because I can I can see the Barbara from back then. I would do an internship at this school. My English was super limited, right? And this AAC specialist at the school to open her um, closet, and it was filled with these AAC devices, all dead, not being used, just in there. And for me, this was like, wow, this is amazing technology. I mean, they must have so much money that they're even using this, right? And this is the mentality from somebody as an outsider coming in and just thinking of the value of all this. Right. But then, you know, as you learn and you understand, it's not being used because it's hard to program. Mm-hmm. It's time consuming. It, it, the battery life, I mean, there's just so many problems. Right. With those reasons why they're not being used. And now it's so easily have this mainstream device that the kids now look cool when they use a communication app at school mm-hmm. because they are the kids with the iPad. Mm-hmm. It's such as you just have to worry about. It's a really nice to steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice shift in the industry and, and for these kids to go right. from being stigmatized to now being the cool kids with the awesome device. Mm-hmm. So Barbara, how have you seen uh, SLPs and, and others uh, using your apps on a telepractice platform. And then talk to me about your plans for telepractice. You know, it's, it's been interesting because um, coming from somebody who was kind of an Apple device user and as a developer, I would always get questions about, is this available on an Android device? or Google, or can we use this on computer? And it was always hard to tell people, no, you need an iPad to use any of Smart Ears apps. I tried to create Android apps. I released two apps, but the maintenance on the development side with such a small market of, you know, even though there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of us out there, um, we are not selling to the mainstream population. Smartius makes apps for speech pathologists. And so the cost benefit to creating apps for devices other than Apple devices that has a bunch of different models of phones, it was just not feasible. Mm -hmm. And over the years, and there was also the touch technology on the Apple devices that was really appealing. And so when it comes to telepractice, there was always a disadvantage that they needed to have a Mac computer to be able to use any of my apps in order to do the telepractice. But also the kids wouldn't be able to interact with these apps. You'd always be the therapist mm-hmm. on an iPad sitting next to them and having just a display to be displayed to the child on the other yep. side. Yep. And so, I mean, there's just so, so many different barriers there. Uh, for me as a developer. And so when COVID came and then everybody's is back at Barbara, we need smart ears apps on a computer yesterday because what was available was limiting the kinds of graphics that I've been able to develop in my apps. You couldn't find that level on a computer-based program. And so I've been able to release a platform called Speech Language Academy and 
it really is a combination of my 12 years of work in one place. My goal is to have all the Smart Years apps into this platform today with about 30 to 40% of Smart Years apps have already been ported into this platform. And when I say, you know, 30 apps, it's not like there's 30 games because an app like Articulated, for example, there is four or five games in one app. So in the realm of the 60 apps, we're talking hundreds of games mm-hmm. in all of these different apps. Um, and it's been amazing just to see and experience some things that I hadn't experienced before with clinicians, either who work on telepractice, being able to have um, you know, the kids can make the selection use it on a different platform or any platform now because it's a web-based platform. It's all centralized, which was an issue that we had before. All of Smarties collect uh, really specific data on individual apps for data tracking. But therapists, every time they would have to do a progress report, you'd have to open separate apps. And for people who use a lot of Smarties apps, you switch between app A and app B and app C to get all this data. And now we have a centralized place. You click on the student and you can see all the different apps that were used and all of those results get tracked in one place. My goal eventually is to actually combine both where once they use the app, if the kid is using the app at home, that data goes back into the Speech-Language Academy as an in-home data performance that gets displayed on the Speech-Language Academy platform for the therapist. So is this going to be a subscription model? You subscribe to the platform for a year or what, however it's set up? Yeah. So Speech Language Academy is is already available and it is a subscription model. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pay yearly and you get a discount and or you can pay monthly. We do have a 10-day free trial that anybody can sign up directly on our homepage. And schools have been signing up for the therapists as well you know, using purchase orders, which was something that we couldn't do with Apple either because Apple does not take purchase orders. Right. Yeah. So this, this kind of, it's, it's been a really nice way that clinicians can now access. I mean, it solves a lot of issues that we are having with having smartest apps and dedicated Apple devices. So I'm really excited about that. You're going to continue to, to uh, develop the platform as, as, more apps are added and things like that. Is that the yeah. plan? Yeah. So not only we are continuing to port all the smartest apps that are still not there, but once we get to it, our goal is to continue to add activities in one place so that the therapist can really come in, do utilize our screeners, do therapy, have data, and all of the, the different things that they would need. The only area that so far we haven't and don't have any plans on touching is billing. That would be our primary focus is to create and continue to create therapy resources for SLPs. And would you also include adult material? Yeah. yeah. So there is already, we, Smarties has uh, probably about 20% of our apps is geared towards adults. Mm-hmm. And, and a few of those apps are already available in Speech Language Academy. 
I think some of the platforms that we've seen so far seem to be more on the pediatric side, which is fine, but um, not everyone is is doing pediatrics or they have both pediatrics and adults. So yeah. it's great that you're, you're building all that in from the beginning. Yeah. And it requires a different user interface. Just mm-hmm. we were discussing earlier, if I'm developing an app for, you know, early teens, it has to have a different feel than an app for an adult that needs to be cleaner versus right. an app for a four-year-old. It, mm-hmm. It's just something that it, it, it just needs to happen. Yep. So what's next on the horizon? I mean, once once you have the, the Speech-Language Academy out there and it's zooming along and doing well, what else are you thinking about? Because I, <laughs> I know I can see those wheels are constantly spinning and coming up with different ideas. You know, it's interesting because every time that I finish something like, okay, this is it, <laughs> my husband doesn't buy that anymore. he is like yeah it's fine uh he used to tell me back in the day that that he would go to sleep and wake up and i'd tell him i made a new website um and i don't know i don't know i just released a a chapter in a book uh just last week and it became amazon bestseller within the slp tech uh amazon uh, for speech and language area. So that was right. kind of a cool accomplishment there. Yeah. Um, it tells a, a lot of what we just discussed here on my path and my journey moving here, learning English, opening the businesses. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, Todd. It, you know, we don't know what life kind of opens up and what kind of doors sometimes are just put in front of us. But whenever that door comes, I'm sure walking through them. Yeah, but I, I don't know they are yet. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure your husband is. I'm. I'm at a point with my wife. Uh, whenever she says, "I've been thinking," I know that's my trigger. <laughs> I'm. Uh, what comes next, I may not like, <laughs> or yeah, it's yeah. going to really impact my life in some way. I've been thinking, so uh, I'm sure there's some trigger there that, y- or you could say, "I have an idea," and he's like, oh, "Okay, here we go again." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, when I used to have, well, I still do. I have a, a blog called Geek SLP. And I mm-hmm. um, I used to do a lot of videos early on teaching people about the iPad, and different tricks, utilizing, mm-hmm. you know, two apps at the same time. Or even more recently, when COVID first started, I was showing people how to show the screen of their iPad on a Zoom, which cables to use. And so I would do videos like mm-hmm. that. It's kind of a extra on the technology side to support SLPs who needed the extra for the technology. Right. And um, with my kids and I was like, no, this is a little bit much. I'm running two businesses and kids. Now that my kids are finally both in school, I was able to put out the speech language Academy and write a, a chapter for a book. Um, I thought I was going to be done by now, but it's now, now things Life is just fun. It's, I, I love this. And I think once you find, um, I'm sure people listening, everybody can think of that one thing that just drives them. I woke up at five in the morning today and I was happy to go to my desk and just sit, talk to my development team and talk to somebody who does a little bit of my social media, see what he had worked on. 
I can do this all day long. And somebody has to tell me, Barbara, this is too much fun for now. Let's go out for, you know, (laughs) let's go out, let's go do something else now. And I'm sure everybody can find that one thing, even if it doesn't exist yet in our profession, which for me was new, right? Um, Our professions are already so diverse. We work, we can work in a ton of different areas. And for me, this thought of being an SLP, creating apps, uh, being in a field that is primarily male dominant, owning a business in speech therapy is still primarily male dominant. And I'm talking significantly like 80 plus percent. Um, people still come to my booth and if my husband is present, they still want to talk to him if they don't know me. And, but, and so I had to carve this area in our profession and I'm sure people listening, there has to be that little something that they have there that drives and makes them happy. Um, and yeah, this is the fun. This is, I'm just riding, riding the wave. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, speaking of fun, now is the most important time of the interview. I have a list of 10 questions we've asked our past uh, guests on the podcast and you can answer as as much. You can, your answer is going to be as long or as short as you want them to be. Okay. 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 So here we go. So what's what's the most used app on your phone? The most used app on my phone. And it cannot be a Smarty Ears app. It has to be the something mail else. app. The mail app. Sending and email. And then the photo app. Oh. Okay. Good. Good. What was the last TV series you streamed? You. Mm. I'm almost done with the third season. I've just started. I'm, I'm almost done on my first season. Oh, first season. Ooh. Yeah. Never mind. I, that's what I'm on right now. Okay. Third is pretty good, too. So, so keep keep going. Uh, what's a favorite book? Favorite book? Could be any topic. The, the Alchemist. Oh. Paulo Coelho. I love that book. And actually listened to it on audio. And um, the British, uh, I forget the British actor who who read the book, but he just said such a great job as a audio performer. Yeah, I, I, I first read when I first moved here, a friend gifted mm-hmm. it to me. Uh, my English was not good enough as I'm reading through it in English. And then about three or four years ago, I'd listen an audio of it. And it's... Um, you know, over the years, I've had the book and I've kind of continued to read, but the journey there, yeah. It's it's definitely one of my one of my favorites too, as well. Um, what's your favorite genre of music? Reggaeton. So, what is you have to explain what that, that is? is? A, that's a Latin style music. Okay. okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I love music. I go, I'm going to two concerts this week. Yeah. So I, I love music. I can't do anything without music. I work all day long and there's music. I sing. Yeah. Music is a big part of my life. Awesome. Um, who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Hmm. Oprah Winfrey. Hmm. Good one. It would be a, a good one to sit down and talk to, especially a 
sort of the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of deep questions there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The um, growth and healing journey that she went through uh, mm-hmm. that um, I can empathize a lot. And I, I think you'd be some kind of awesome energy to just kind of be around. That's right. That's right. I mean, to, to really know where she came from and what she endured to where she is now, it's a, it is an amazing story. Yeah. Um, what's, well, excuse me, where is the most exotic place you've been or the farthest place you've ever been? Most exciting place was Egypt. Egypt. Wow. Yeah. It, it's very close between Egypt and Greece. Mm. I went to Greece uh, when my dad passed and mm-hmm. I growing up in Brazil in a really poor neighborhood, my dad had this belief that one day I was going to go to Greece and coming from where I came from is just looking back now as an adult. I'm like, I don't know what my dad was thinking that he believed in me in such a way to think that I was going to come out of there somehow go to Greece one day. And so when he passed, my goal was to make it to Greece. Um, so the Greece has a special place in my heart, but Egypt was by far very unique. I was there for six weeks. Oh, wow. I was learning Arabic, um, finished my, I had finished, grad, recently graduated. I went to Arabic to do a few semesters of Arabic mm-hmm. and it's the, the Red Sea is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen mm-hmm. diving there i got my advanced scuba certification there it was wow. it was an awesome six weeks sounds like it sounds like it yeah. um what is the scariest thing you've ever done and you can define scary any way you want scariest thing i've ever done um walked away from somebody i really loved Ooh. We haven't had yep. that kind of answer before. Yep, yeah. Most people just say have children. Is... And that's kind of one of the hardest ones. So was so was he in Brazil or was he you said he was no, here? No. No. It was it 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 was actually not a um it's not a romantic thing. It okay. was not yeah, it, it was a different type of um relationship. Mm-hmm. But he was he was here already in this country. Sometimes yeah. you have to protect your life and from another person's life. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's what it is. And maybe this is why I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying he was a serial serial killer? A serial killer. <laughs> And a stalker is debatable. So, okay. I I didn't stay long enough to to kind of double check. So. Gotcha. Well, um, okay. (laughs) So what is a pet peeve of yours? Hmm. You know, I'm not a fan of that word, but let's say chewing sounds. Hmm. Very annoying. Oh, I cannot. And this is where music <laughs> comes from, too. It's like me and my husband are eating. I finished eating first. What do I do? Alexa, play some music. <laughs> 
So you can't hear your husband eat. Is that it? Anybody. So if I have to be in an environment where I'm not eating and other mm-hmm. people are eating, I have literally to get up and move to a different location if I cannot wow. put my headphones on. Okay. Yeah. That's a, and you that's have a... to chew calmly. There's a whole thing. It's the whole chewing thing. No, it's, I could not, I could not go into swallowing dysphagia. I was going to say feeding, feeding therapist isn't your thing. <laughs> no, no. You, you have, have to, to be the quietest eater. You have to, to chew around. calmly. I, that's a, that's a new one. I'm going to write that down. You have to eat chew calmly. calmly. Eat yeah. calmly yeah. around you. My kids okay. when they're going to do a podcast. What is some trauma you have growing up? My mom used to tell me to eat calmly constantly. <laughs> so it originated with your mother telling you to chew calmly, huh? Your kids are going to say that. Yeah, oh, my kids are your kids. Say that. Your kids trauma. will. Yes, their their trauma. When when they're in yeah. therapy getting help, it's because you wanted them to chew calmly. Okay. Yes. Um, just a couple more. So if you didn't choose uh, your current profession. What profession would you like to try? I almost left our profession to become, um, to go into uh, computer design or some kind of computer related computer programming, mm-hmm. mostly because of my English and, and the acceptance of a foreigner into our profession, that being an extremely hard battle for me as a graduate student, undergraduate specifically. And so I almost quit there, but thankfully ASHA has a program called Minority Student Leadership Program that was life-changing for me and is the reason why I'm still in this career. It's that program. So, but now, and I'm more of an introvert, even though I don't sound like that. Um, So maybe computer science would work for me, but I'd love to work for the FBI too. This is why I'm watching you. You're you're trying to track down that guy from your past is really what it's all about. Yeah, but you know what? It's not a guy. Or person. I would just say a person of interest. How's that? Person of interest. There you <laughs> like go. That. Who's a, yeah. could be could have been a stalker. Um last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Here are your gates. I mean, <laughs> that, was so, that, was, the gate. <laughs> that was not what I meant to say, you guys. That was so interesting. I heard your last word and that is what came out. Here are your dogs. That's what I wanted to say. Mm. Here are your dogs that you've had over the years, huh? Yes. I want, nice. I want my dogs to be there. Very nice. Very one. nice. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice idea. Yeah. We've, we've, we've lost two of our dogs in the past two years or so. And, you know, both were, was one was 15 years old. Wow. And uh, was the dog that my kids grew up with basically. And the other was uh, 13 years old. So both basically just got to that point with some really severe health issues, but I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Be nice to see them again. Four dogs in, in, in my, my journey and dogs have a special place in my heart. Um, so yeah, I would love to have my dogs there. And he would say, here are you dogs welcoming you. Even though I know the question was probably more like, what would you like the gates to have to speak about you? Wasn't that what the question was more like? 
That's how people answer, isn't it? Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, We've had, I think we've had not specifically their dogs, but someone else has answered that they just want a bunch of dogs to love on (laughs) is what what their answer was. So you're not too far off. It's a good answer. Yep. Great. great Everybody can have their dogs welcome them. Not just exactly. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Well, Barbara. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been wonderful catching up. How can people get in touch with with you or to learn more about what you're doing? Is there a specific web, website or a way to contact you? The cool thing about doing all sorts of random things <laughs> is that people find me in all sorts of random places. They can find me. I have Instagram. They'll find me on Geek Barbara. That would be my Instagram. Um, Twitter is probably either Geek SLP or Geek Barbara. But they, if they message any of my businesses, Smarty Ears, Smarty Symbols, if they even go on TikTok, they can even see videos of me dancing. I mean, Ooh. that is this kind of random thing, places that people will find me. Yeah. I'm taking notes. But- TikTok dancing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> dancing. Barbara is dancing on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but long story, yes, email, either you can contact me on any of my business. There's my blog too, geekslp.com. Mm-hmm. Um, any of my business people forward emails to me if you want to get in touch with me. Speech Language Academy website. Yes. All, all, all the above, right? Yeah. Great. Mm. Well, it's been great having you here and and just best of luck with everything that you're doing. I don't know when you sleep with everything you have going on, uh, but just thank you for joining us and and we wish you uh, the best of luck and everything that you're going that you're doing and will continue to do. Thank you so much for having me today. This this was actually so fun. <laughs> it, I had Good. so much fun here, you guys, sitting in my car, which is where I'm at. Just talking to two really fun people asking fun questions. Maybe you're stalking someone. You're sitting out in your car watching someone. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Other people already work for the FBI. You guys just don't know my cover is having all these businesses. Right? He really (laughs) works for the FBI. (laughs) Thanks, Barbara. Thank you, guys. So that was Barbara Fernandez from Smarty Ears and the Speech and Language Academy, which is the new telepractice platform that she's developed. So check out all the things that Barbara is doing and and give her your support. There's some really good stuff there and wonderful materials and resources for you. Also, I wanted to mention that we still have the contest going on whereby Presence Learning is giving away a free subscription to their platform. And we are running this contest through Sunday, November 21st at 5 p.m. 2021. So if you are listening to this episode before then, go to the 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com website and under podcasts and telepractice today, and you'll see uh, a link there where you can leave a comment about telepractice today and the therapy essentials platform. 
And if you just mention those things, Therapy Essentials platform, you will be enrolled in getting that one-year subscription to the Presence Learning platform. Believe me, if you are in private practice or if you're out there wanting to experiment with getting started with telepractice, this is something you want to try to get. So good luck with that. And thank you for joining us on this episode. We'll be back again next week. Until then... Stay safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.